everyone just wants one thing and it's disgusting (laughs) thank you for swiping right on this episode you're listening to how to rob a bank i'm via i'm zoe and we're still trying to find x Valentine's Day is around the corner, so what better time to talk about dating apps? Exactly. Okay, quickly, love them or hate them? Um, can I be neutral about them? Oh god, you're one of those. Okay, Switzerland. <laughs> uh, what, what do you know about dating apps? I mean, there's not tons of information about specific, specific algorithms, but... I can tell you how they work, roughly... So a lot of the dating app companies, they don't actually say how their algorithms work. And that's understandable, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's what makes them sell. But I think the general idea is that dating apps use something called collaborative filtering. Have you heard of that? I have a little bit, but please explain anyway. So collaborative filtering is a recommendation algorithm. So... It's a process that tries to recommend things to your taste. Tasty. And how it works is based on a user's personal preferences and the opinion of the majority. Mm -hmm. It tries to push things that it thinks you will like. So, for example, I like brown hair. And I've shown that in how I swipe to brown hair people Mm -hmm. so I like somebody with brown hair then the algorithm will learn that I like people with brown hair okay as an example and then the algorithm will compare that with um, data from other people who also like brown hair and the people that they've liked and push those people to me as well does that make sense Yeah, I think so. So are you saying that if a bunch of people like brown hair and the next person that they like happens to have glasses, then will that person show up for you given that you've also liked people with brown hair? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Potentially, in this very simplified example. a very, very simplified example. It's a lot more (laughs) complex than that, but that's the um, basics of it, I guess. And Amazon were the first ones to come up with this approach, right? Um, apparently, yeah. They they used this collaborative filtering to push products to their people. So is that when, for example, you're looking at something and, and it says, other people also bought this? Yeah, exactly. One thing I found about collaborative filtering is that it was invented after another thing that was the opposite of collaborative filtering. It was called content filtering. Oh. So it works in the sense that, say you have Netflix, it asks all of its users what they like. So do you like comedy films? Do you like action films? Oh. Similar to OkCupid, that it will say, what do you like? Do you like this education background, this age range, etc.? A bunch of characteristics. And then based on those characteristics, it will predict what would be a good match but collaborative filtering doesn't ask you what it is that you like in the first place Um, and it doesn't assign specific characteristics such as action movies comedy movies it won't or brown hair glasses 
we don't necessarily always know what the characteristics are that it's yeah. pulling out. But I think with um, collaborative filtering, it's trying to learn your preferences. Yes. So so in, in content filtering, yes. um, it learns based on the score you give all these different films. Yes. But with collaborative filtering, it's learning based on whether you like a person or not. As you, as you, you know, look through all these people on this dating app. Right, right. So what are the pros of collaborative filtering in dating apps or generally, but specifically for dating apps? If your taste matches the majority of people, then with collaborative filtering, it pushes and recommends people or items better for you because there's more data. Right. And I'm going to focus on the fact that you said if you like what most people like. Because <laughs> that kind of leads to perhaps a con. Yes. So I guess that's where if you have more particular taste <laughs> in in items or people, um, not that I'm saying people are items, um, <laughs> then I guess the collaborative filtering algorithm isn't as good because it doesn't have as much data to base its predictions on for you. And why doesn't it have as much data? Is it because it's not showing that film to as many people because it was pushed down? Yeah, I guess so. So with collaborative filtering, for there to be data on the types of people who will like a not very popular film, you need those people to have signed up in the first place and to to see this film. So, so say... A bunch of people really liked The Queen's Gambit and there's another film on Backgammon but that's just not as great but you really really wanted to watch that film yeah because those people didn't really care much for the Backgammon one it'll never show up for you and you'll never see it and Backgammon is continuously less sexy than chess yeah it's like um I think I've brought this up before. It's like a self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> But like yeah, with an algorithm. Then... Okay, so, but this is interesting because collaborative filtering came from Amazon and is used in Netflix, right? Yeah. Um, and in Or that... was used in Netflix. Oh, it's not anymore. Okay, that's interesting. So I think Netflix uses a rank system. Oh, okay. But pairing people to items... That's rude. That's one thing. <laughs> because I items never really change. I mean, if it were a film, the films don't inherently change. But people are not items. People do change. And people's pictures, the po- pictures that they post um, on their profiles, uh, how funny they become, etc. All of that stuff can change. And also people's preferences can also change. But at least with the people versus items, the items are constant pretty much even if the people's preferences change but now you have people versus people trying to be matched could this be a problem with the people changing i guess if these dating apps apps had a really advanced algorithm then the algorithm would tweak itself each time somebody updated their profile oh okay so it would notice that someone's changed a little bit i would hope so I mean, I don't know how they work. <laughs> mm, yeah, we yeah, speculating a little bit. Yeah. However, even though we don't know how they work, we do know that they have tons of data 
They do. For example, there was a journalist called Judith Duportail, and she asked Tinder to give her her data after having used it for a few years. Yeah. Guess how many pages worth of data she received. How many years? Just a few. Uh, so she, so I think it was four years. Four years. From 2013 to 2017. I'll say around 15,000 pages. Is that overkill? Oh, very interesting. Uh, it's it's 800 <laughs> pages worth of data. I mean, she, she, won't, she won't have had it for the full time. Oh, uh, okay. I was assuming she had it for the full four years and swiped every day. Right, right. Um, but still, she's clearly swiped quite a lot. Um, and it's not just the fact that she's swiped a lot. It's the fact that how long you spend on somebody else's profile. Yeah, um, yeah. Lots of lots of metadata is being yeah. collected on you. Do you know if um, Tinder sell any of that data? So I'm not sure about Tinder itself, but Tinder's parent company, Match Group, which also um, owns OkCupid, this it was revealed in the same article that seventy thousand profiles from OkCupid. Uh, were made public by a Danish researcher that some people have called a white supremacist. Um, And he tried to use the data to establish a link between intelligence and religious beliefs. So one thing to notice here is that OkCupid, they make money through ads. So if they're making money through ads, if it's a totally free service, then it's um, quite dodgy. They're probably giving your data or selling your data to someone. So So they can target the ads to you. Yep, exactly. So a few people asked us before recording if there is such a thing as an attractiveness score. And it turns out Tinder did have an attractiveness score, if you like, but they no longer use it. But it was still there at some point. Yeah, dodgy. So it was called an ELO score. Do you know much about it? I can't remember much off the top of my head. So would you like to break it down to me? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. It was invented by Arpad Elo, who was a professor of physics. Physics? Yeah, yeah. It's primarily used in chess. So, um, but any game where one person's win is another person's loss. So that's a zero-sum game for anyone interested. Quite an intuitive word. Yeah. But, um, Tinder, it's not, it's not really the same thing. I mean... The ELO score has been used in other types of games, um, but you can kind of see why it would work. So the, the way that the ELO score works in chess is that um, if my chess score is 100 points above your chess score and we play a game, then there is a 64% chance that I am expected to beat you. Rude. But that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And if your score is much higher than mine, and I managed to draw you, um, because it's a zero-sum game, some of your points will go to me, even though I didn't beat you. But it's because there's such a huge difference between our scores that drawing someone as incredibly great at chess as you would be a win for me, in a sense. And equally, if I were to beat you, um, I would gain loads of points from you um, compared to vice versa. If you had a very high score and I had a very low score and you beat me, um, you would gain a few points from me. But because you're so high up there anyway, it wouldn't make too much of a difference. Okay, yeah. 
yeah, so that's how it works in chess and it can be quite useful. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's some sort of uh, toxicness going on in the chess world with respect to these scores, but at least it makes a little bit of sense why it was created. Yeah, definitely. The problematic thing is, of course, humans... I mean, humans are so different when it comes to... You're going to say humans are trash. (laughs) I know it. (laughs) No, humans are are so different when it comes to relationships. Um, I mean, obviously, if, say, going back to the chess example, if someone beat me and I beat you, it is possible that you would still beat that other person. Um, But it's just unlikely, right? Um, Yeah. But with tinder if someone who's seen as very popular or has a very high score then they won't even be shown people who have lower scores because it's assumed that two highly ranked chess players would have a more fun match than one highly ranked and lower ranked chess player but in in the world of dating like two people who have got really popular ratings will only be sort of shown to each other but actually they that's just a subjective I mean to be fair there were some psychological studies done on attractiveness and apparently people of similar attractiveness go for you know people of similar attractiveness (laughs) very true okay so this is true but to be sort of almost denied the chance of being shown to someone rip (laughs) no yeah I totally get that that's I guess, in a sense, unethical mm. or rude. Definitely rude, though. Definitely rude, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that the CEO of Hinge managed to let out is so they have a feature that's called Most Compatible, and this uses the Gale Shapely algorithm. Uh, or just that kind of idea, probably a more complex version. Um, have you heard of the Gale Shapely algorithm? I don't think I have. So it comes from trying to solve a problem known as the stable marriage problem. Oh. Yes. Surprising. Yeah. <laughs> the stable marriage problem, um, which is kind of outdated in terms of its language because it's talking about husbands and wives um so it can also be applied to a bunch of other scenarios that i'll explain in a second but um essentially it's got this idea that you have a group of uh, men and a group of women and you want to find um a couple a coupling between each of them such that you don't have a situation where one of the women who's married to one of the men prefers someone else who also prefers her back from his current partner as an example let's say you and i are the women and bob the builder and postman pat i'm regretting this instantly because my childhood is going to get ruined with this example but let's roll with it let's say let's say you and bob the builder are in a couple And Postman Pat and I are in a couple. So you and Bob and Pat and I are in a couple. But secretly, Pat prefers you to me. And actually, you prefer Pat 
to Bob. So in that sort of situation, you and Pat really need belong to each other. We're going to cheat on you. Okay, we don't. What? <laughs> Cheating is not good, okay? <laughs> so um, so you and Pat would actually be the match. So we might, we might have to switch around a little bit. So even though Pat was my first choice and you were Bob's first choice, if Bob and I form a couple and you and Pat form a couple, you won't prefer Bob to Pat and Pat won't prefer me to you and therefore this is a stable match okay because you need to have two people that kind of prefer each other to the couple that they're in yeah um so obviously this is i just gave an example of two people on each side but let's say you have lots more people do you think that you can always find a pairing where there is no situation like this no tempting of cheating or switching up the match um I want to say no. Well, I'm really glad you said no, because the answer is yes. But oh my God. It's surprising. It is surprising. I didn't want to say it was yes and oh, yeah, it's obvious, because it's not obvious at all. No. And that's why it's um interesting. And so in order to find a stable matching in this group of people, you can use the Gale Shapely algorithm, which was invented by Gale and Shapely. <laughs> two people um very clever and the algorithm is it's actually quite intuitive how does it work does it like match people who with preferences first so it starts with all individuals having their ranked preferences one of the two sets makes the proposal so let's say the men make the proposals to women because apparently i'm just going to reinforce uh <laughs> cultural norms today <laughs> Um, but it would work the other way around too. Okay. A, a sort of modified version of this is used in Hinge's Most Compatible. And again, we don't know for sure, but I think it might look at who, for example, say you're on Hinge and you've matched with a bunch of people and say some dude, he's got a bunch of girls. The idea is that you guys, maybe maybe through some kind of recommending type algorithm it's realized that you guys are most likely to like each other more than the current people that you have yeah that's my interpretation of the comment that the ceo of hinge made of course um i don't know exactly how the gail shapely algorithm is used but it is vaguely used interesting when else can it be used the Gale Shapely algorithm can also be used when finding an organ donor and matching them with patients, um, oh, wow. schools and students uh, in that sort of situation. So there's quite a few different applications, but the most famous is uh, the quote unquote marriage problem. Okay. Swiper, no swiping! So on our Instagram, at Bank. We asked our followers, why are dating apps a good or bad thing? The overwhelming majority of the comments have been negative, actually. Somebody said it's a scam sometimes. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, fair enough. I mean, bots are a problem as well. Catfishes are a problem too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I really like this answer. Uh-huh. I feel like although I've gotten dates on them, they're like window shopping. They dehumanise dating and the illusion of infinite, brackets, empty, choices they provide seems to harm the way people treat relationships 
as there's thousands of people out there and it requires less effort. I think the illusion of choice is yeah. the great point. Definitely, because yeah. it's just more of the same. <laughs> uh, someone says, everyone just wants one thing and it's disgusting. <laughs> probably one of my favorites <laughs> um somebody said it aids social anxiety and negates the ever important attraction that can only really take hold in real life yep someone says that they're bad because they haven't found you there so far zoe <laughs> i mean you don't need to find me there <laughs> you can dm me straight up no i'm just kidding don't, don't. oh yeah <laughs> please don't please oh don't. She, she said it you said it you said it it's too late it's way too late Oh, I don't know your app by heart, so I can't even. I can't Changed even. Changed it like ten times. Like this. Um, this is true. They create a culture of not caring about people's feelings, especially when used to meet multiple people. Um, there's all sorts of words that didn't exist back like 10, 15 years ago, like ghosting. Oh yeah, that came up because of these dating apps. And also breadcrumbing. I don't know if you heard of breadcrumbing. No. Um. I think it's when someone, you know, that you've had a thing with um, ki- kind of ghosts, but they don't ghost fully. They sort of come back from the dead a couple of times and then they'll just give you, a, a, they'll give you a sprinkle of breadcrumbs of how you're doing and then they'll, oh they'll just gosh. disappear again and then they'll come back and then they'll do the same thing. Um, <gasps> oh, because you're the backup choice. Yeah, so rude. I know, very rude. This one as well. For people who struggle with self-confidence, if they don't get any matches, it can be a killer. I think dating apps can be really toxic. I think we already yeah. said that earlier. Why do you think they could be toxic? I mean, I agree, but... I guess it makes people more insecure if they're already a bit insecure. Um, so I downloaded a dating app for the purpose of this episode so that I could talk about them. Um, sure, it was for the purpose of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> can confirm and at some point there was a part of me that wondered what all the other girls had put on their bio what kind of pictures they had and how I compare in comparison yeah but I I don't know how I can find that out other than making a fake male profile and I don't have time to do that (laughs) <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I've heard that g- the girls are very good looking, uh, generally speaking. I've heard um, that too. Yeah, um, but so- sometimes deceptively so. A uh, bit of catfishing, cheeky going on. Um, sometimes they're just really good looking. Yeah. Yeah. So some people have shared some pretty heartbreaking anecdotes or just comments. And I think one thing that seems to be the case is that it's somewhat similar to social media in the sense that you get a little bit of a dopamine rush when someone likes you but then if someone that you like didn't like you then that gives you a bit of frustration and I mean a few people have asked how do how do the apps get you to stay on there for as long as they do and it's probably that sort of uh, dopamine to frustration ratio that they're optimizing um, in a in a sense. Yeah. I guess this is the one time where I'll thank my terrible memory because I can't remember the people I liked. <laughs> I can't remember how many people I liked. So it's okay. I won't be so, disappointed. Does no one stick out for you? And do you not think, oh, I really hope that they... they... Um, I'll be honest. 
not not very many people have stuck out to me. Quite oh, you're a, difficult to please. I I am. <laughs> no, I think I need that human interaction. Um, right. Yeah. I think it's a bit. It just doesn't feel right. Um, like liking or disliking people through an app. Yeah. I I, don't, I can't judge their sense of character properly, and I can't give everybody a chance because that's too tiring for my introvertedness, if that's even a word. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, there have been some good responses. Yeah, that's true. Um, for example, they've enabled me to meet people who I previously couldn't. Very true. I've had friends who have met people through dating apps and then get referrals at company at like big tech companies. Wow, that's better than a man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> exactly. It's better than LinkedIn. Yeah, well, who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people have said it's hel- it helps introverts, which I know is kind of slightly different to what you were saying, but it helps people who can't go up to someone in real life and strike up a conversation. Yeah. So, for sure. For sure. That's fair enough. Um, but a few people have asked how to be successful on the apps and there's a few tips that actually seem quite good and it's being as active as possible so um, if the app says did you meet this person in real life if you say yes basically it shows that you're a serious person even if you didn't so if you want to game the system game the system by acting like you were very active with everybody and you were just interacting with you were just a social butterfly and then they will push you to more people because the last thing they want to do is push inactive users to other users. So s- oh. make yourself seem as active as possible. Oh. Yep. You sound like you're speaking from experience. <laughs> um, oh, I thought you were going to go down a different route. I thought you said, I thought you were going to say um, that being more active means the the algorithm can collect more data on you to give you better predictions of your type well that's also true isn't it and both of those things are yeah. true so yeah so, yeah that also works um someone says is there a specific day or time when there is a higher probability of getting a right swipe um again i think with tinder they liked the one of the things they have said about their algorithm is that they will try and pair up active users so if most people in your country are around at 3 p.m which is likely, then fair enough. But if if it's 3am, fewer people, or maybe the wrong people, no judgment, um, will be awake. <laughs> so so you, you might want to go for, for peaker times. The wrong people, no judgment. <laughs> Someone's asked how to get paired with a baddie. If you've got to ask, I'm sorry. <laughs> don't ask. If you have to ask, they don't want you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's a baddie? A baddie? Oh, it's like a really, really hot girl, but like, not just any hot girl. Um, You know, Instagram baddies, the ones that have, they're just ridiculously good looking, but in a specific way, like they have really amazing makeup, contour, they have a big booty. Oh. So somebody asked about racial bias. Are we going to talk about that? Um, it's a tricky one. Because the research is very weird, quite contradictory, actually. On one hand, Tinder very 
uh, proudly uh, claimed that the number of interracial relationships has increased significantly since its launch. Um, and on the other hand, there are other studies that actually say that the biases are accentuated by the algorithms. The if pe if the general population have a certain racial preference, then that's just further accentuated through the collaborative filtering yeah. that you mentioned. Yeah. I read a stat that it was 10 times more likely that the ethnic minority had messaged first. I, I think that makes sense. Um, going back to the Tinder thing, the, the thing that Tinder said, could it be like a coincidence that people of colour... Like, they happen to be appearing more on TV and being seen as more desirable. Yeah, and then that happened to coincide with, with Tinder as well. And Yeah, yeah. It's probably a combination. It's a bold claim, Tinder. <laughs> Relax yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so we asked people who they thought dating apps favoured. Of the many responses, everything is pretty much along the same lines. Pretty women. Pretty women. Attractive people. Pe people who are traditionally good looking. And of course, a few people have said the developers and the apps themselves because they make profits. Oh, yeah. Oh. Thinking outside of the box. Mm hmm. And then we asked, who do you think dating apps hinder? Which is really funny because hinder rhymes with Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> and if you remove. The D and the R, I replace the D with the G, it's hinge. <laughs> the mental gymnastics I had to go through to really like understand what, oh my God. <laughs> and hinder is also an anagram of OK Cupid if you change most of the letters. <laughs> so, oh yeah. <laughs> We've got anyone with an actual personality. I mean, I think if anybody had an actual personality on a dating app and they could write themselves a bio, then that would show through their bio. Yeah. Not like the person who writes. A controversial opinion I have is pineapple belongs on pizza. <laughs> That's not controversial unless you're in Italy. Um, it's, it's such a non-issue, man. I could write an essay on... Sorry to all our Italian listeners, but... Yeah, if you're Italian, frankly, move on. Uh, and if you're not Italian, again, move on. But this is not a controversial issue. Some people like it, some people don't. Um, what's more controversial is apparently me eating pizza with ketchup. I've had why is that a problem I don't know but I was with real Italian people and they got actually annoyed at me um and someone tried to make a parallel they were like how would you feel if you know somebody ate a samosa with ketchup instead of chutney and I was like I do that too like what are you talking <laughs> I was expecting you to say like that. ketchup is great so yeah I feel offended if somebody ate a spring roll with ketchup Spring rolls of ketchup are great. Like, obviously the traditional stuff is better. No one's denying that, but... Yeah. I mean... I technically hadn't used a dating app before... A week ago. That's not true. You told me you got Tinder, like, two years ago. Yeah, only because my friend made Exposed. me an account. And then... Exposed! 
<laughs> oh, I didn't actually use the account. I was taken at the time. Oh, that's even worse. That's even worse. Oh, exposed. <laughs> it was a joke. That's too late. Yeah, that's what they all say. Don't trust anyone. That is the, that is the real message of today's episode. Don't trust anyone on Valentine's Day or any other day for that matter. I think that's a wrap for the episode. Yeah, I think that's a wrap too. Thanks for listening. And if you liked this or have any other thoughts, please feel free to get in touch or leave a cheeky review on Apple Podcasts. 